0: The chain! The chain! It's about to break! Watch out! Last time on Lost Legends of Scadrion.
1: I rolled really stupid on that wits roll, so I'm going to run through the building.
2: Uh, Finnegan's going to stop him.
3: (laughs) I riot Pinch's sense of badassness. You have no sense of adventure.
1: I can do this. I've been in burning buildings before. This is fine. This is nothing. It's a small building.
2: We've also been in exploding cars. That doesn't mean I want to do it. I I saw
0: that he had a scar going down across his chin. And he had a kind of a pointed nose and hawk eyes. I, I think that he might be talking about my uh, my other brother, Tugs. He's got a scar just like that and the
2: same nose.
3: Bella, can't you do something? I bring out m- my shotgun.
2: What I'd like to do is I'd like to take the door I just kicked um, and throw it at the person who drew the revolver.
3: Jumping out!
1: A second story window. You are stupid. You are just really stupid. Sit down.
0: Uh, Dahlia then explains that normally after this kind of thing, um, she would offer a job in the constabulary. But this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that either the crew would be interested in or that it would be wise for her to put her name out there and suggest you guys. Uh, But she does give um, you the opportunity of um, doing what's called a network. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadrille Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator, Trevor. You can find me online at 5th of Daybreak. And with me, we have the rest of the Lost Legends, now known as the Well-Roasted Dusters.
3: I'm Carolina, a.k.a. Belladora Wild.
2: I'm Zach, and I'm playing Finnegan Bowman.
1: I'm Carl, and I am playing Pinch.
2: Uh,
0: We're going to go on to another one of the Masks of the Past supplement quests. But this one's just going to be a little bit different. Just a tiny, tiny bit different than what it says in the book. because. uh, like your voice. Because screw screw being lawful good, we've got anarchy.
2: Survivorist anarchy.
0: Hell yeah. So uh, here is the way that the scene has been set. Um, After doing a little bit of a good deed, kind of getting blackmailed into it. The well-roasted dusters, Belladora specifically, were informed of a labor dispute that had been going on for a couple of weeks in the roughs town of Morelane's Crook. Uh The problem started when one of the foreman, uh, Foreman Bolsk's, his nephew died in a tragic but very much preventable accident. And so ever that, since that time, the workers there and the union around there has been striking in order to get um, You know, better resources, better safety measures, really try and just change the way that the labor has been treated in this town. And so Belladora kind of having some um connections with her old family, with some people who have had to start working in these sorts of jobs, was informed of what was going on. And I kind of imagine that that was just a, a call to action for her, if you don't mind me uh taking control of your character a little bit there.
3: Yeah, for sure. With her own motives, but... Uh, call to action nonetheless
0: absolutely so um you guys showed up and the um town is pretty much rallying behind two people there is foreman bolsk who's the man whose nephew died and then there's the local government representative um uh fulman quince who has been trying to deal with these um union workers and really try and find a way to resolve it without him having to change absolutely anything. I'm sure everybody knows how that goes. Oh yeah. So uh you guys left Elendel and headed out into the roughs. You are meeting with Maxwell. He is a man who is on the union worker side um and he doesn't quite see eye to eye with uh Fullman Quince and has uh, been thinking about trying to find his own way to solve matters, and he is the one who reached out to Belladora. And so you guys arrive into town. um, You're not really familiar with the area. You're not sure quite where to go. You just know that you are trying to meet with Maxil.
3: Do we know where he can usually be found? Uh, It's not a very big big town.
0: Um, there is the area where the um, railroad is being blocked by the strikers, and then there's also a kind of seedy tavern in town, you know, a place where everybody goes because there's nobody else, nowhere else to go. Other than that, there's really not much going on in the town just because it's so small.
2: But when you say seedy tavern, that implies there's a nicer tavern somewhere in the area.
0: Oh, no, it doesn't. It just means that the one that they have is not that great.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. For them.
3: Uh, Well, I think the strikers would be probably a good place to go, but my heart always says go to the tavern. So what do y'all think?
2: Strikers, then tavern.
3: Well, if you insist. Y'all lead the way.
2: I'm not insisting. I'd rather go to the tavern first, but it seems like what we're doing is more important that way.
3: That's true, and probably Pinch wouldn't be welcome too much in the tavern. Well, why not? Look at yourself, sugar. Excuse you? I head towards the strikers. What she mean by that? I ignore him and continue on my way.
0: (laughs) As you guys walk up, um, there is a- there's a reason that this place is so important- and that, uh, a labor strike here is, has drawn a little bit more attention. Uh, it's one of the areas where outside of Lendell, where the canal, um runs up right to where they have been, uh, building the railroads. And so when you see, where you see the strikers, they have both set up a barricade across the canal, as well as setting up a barricade of both bodies and whatever else they could throw on the tracks. Um, at the, uh, rail station where they have set up like a little transportation, um, shipping hub where they can switch things over from rail to canal boat, whatever it is they need to do to get it to where they want to go. And, um, over there, there is a, um, man in a very nice suit who is surrounded by a couple of, uh, thugs. And he actually has a, um, one man, st- not a man, but standing in the very back is a, uh, not fully mature Coloss, but uh, a medium build Coloss who is also wearing a fancy suit. That just looks very out of place with the rest of everything going on. Uh, but he's kind of standing aloof, not really even paying attention to the guy that he's, uh looks like he would be the bodyguard for. And then in front of this small group of very well-dressed people, there is a large crowd of shouting, angry people, all waving signs and just being very loud and aggressive towards the people in suits.
2: Hey, uh, Bella.
3: Yeah, what's up?
2: Is that the coloss in a suit?
3: Sure, looks like it to me, unless my eyes are deceiving me.
2: Oh, Russ! No, I've seen everything.
3: Well, I've seen that before. I mean, I think he looks pretty sharp.
2: I mean, there's no denying he looks sharp in the suit. It's just weird to see.
3: I guess that's fair enough. Where should we start?
2: I wonder where he's. I wonder where he gets that tailored.
3: You looking out for a suit for yourself, Finn?
2: Well, I mean, I need something that might, you know, be able to expand and shrink and whatnot. Could come in handy.
3: Oh, I suppose that makes sense.
2: Oh, right. We're We're here to do more important things than suit shopping for me.
3: Sugar, I'm not sure there is much more important than a fine wardrobe. (laughs) <laughs> she does make points
2: I mean she does make a fine point but it's her point rather than mine
1: you've got a pretty face you don't really need to
3: dress up that much
0: stylish clothing is for the uggos
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> pinch I feel like you're trying to speak more from experience than uh, affluence if you don't mind my saying Explain that.
1: I'm not very smart. What you mean? <laughs> I just mean Oh, how should I put this?
2: You're both uh, biased, we get it.
1: This is about me being broke. Cause I'm not anymore. We did do that thing that I'm not allowed to say out loud, but we did that thing and I've got lots of money now. So
3: And a suitie pup. I do have a suit pup. So these strikers, they are on the opposite side of, okay, so um, if I'm imagining this right, it's us, then the finely dressed folks, and then the strikers behind them?
0: Uh, kind of. You guys are coming at it from the side, and so it's more like the strikes on your left and the suits are on your right.
2: Okay. I'd like I'd like to imagine...
0: And, and you're facing like the, ra- the rail depot, and then beyond that is where the um, canal boats are.
2: I'd really like to imagine that Belladora is kind of like... Because <clears throat> we're off to the side, I'd like to imagine that Belladora is on the side where the really nicely dressed people are. I'm kind of in the middle, and then Pinch is on the side with the Strikers. picking his nose <laughs> yes
1: getting real deep in there
0: as you guys get a little bit closer to the um, the strike line and you you start to be able to pick out some of what they're saying it, it almost seems like you know the the crowd is chanting a couple of things and then as soon as they start stop their chant, the the guy who's obviously addressing them and would be uh Fulman Quince, the uh Lendell's local representative, uh gets a little red in the face and shouts back at them and then that makes the strikers get a little more riled up and they're like Well if you won't lower the taxes then you at least have to pay us more and then he yells something about the budgets not being what they used to be, especially with trade as slow as it is, and it's really
2: just not seeming to go anywhere. You know, I highly think out in the open, is a great space for negotiating.
3: You might have a point, but I feel like if we can uh, pull one of those strikers aside, we might be able to find our man. Oh, right. In all the talk of suits, did you
2: forget what we
3: were here for?
2: I thought we were here for the tavern.
3: I don't really know what to say to that. I'm going to go up to the strikers and see if I can (laughs) pull aside somebody who looks like they're not going to punch me in the face in the heat of the moment. I'll go
2: up with her, looking like I'm going to punch someone in the face.
3: I'm going to follow.
0: Oh, what do you want? (laughs) We don't need any outsiders in here telling us what to do.
2: Well, we aren't really outsiders. We're looking for someone.
0: Oh, and who would that be?
3: Do you know Max by any chance?
0: Oh, you old, no old Maxie. Why didn't you say so right from the start?
3: Well, I was getting to
0: that. Girl's got to lead with something.
2: They kind of talked before we could have had a chance to say anything.
0: Um, he's going to kind of disappear into the crowd, and he comes back with a man who's wearing um, kind of very rough clothing. He's got a couple of patches on his pants. He's wearing uh, suspenders, and he's got a corn cob pipe in his hand, and then a checkered cap that he's wearing. And as he comes up, uh, Bella, you recognize him. Um, Would you say maybe he would be a relative or would he just be an acquaintance? How would you think Bella would know?
3: Uh, Possibly an acquaintance. Maybe somebody who kind of like tried to help her family out while they were struggling to deal with the situation that had been handed to them.
0: Okay, so like maybe he used to be the foreman for one of their workshops before it got shut down, something like that.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
0: Okay and um you've noticed that his uh his style of living has markedly decreased. He always he didn't dress sharp, but his clothes were always very well maintained and he never let it get as worn as this appears to be. And he's kind of got this haggard look at his face, but as you get a little bit closer, um he gives you a nod. He says, "Well, I'm glad you came. I wasn't quite sure if you would things being what they are."
3: Well, things being what they are is why I had to come.
0: Well, it's good to know some of the family still has our back.
3: Of course. So, uh, should we take this somewhere that's a little bit less, uh, rowdy, would you say?
0: Well, I, I don't think there's much else I can do right here, right now. It doesn't look like this is gonna devolve to violence, so... Yeah, we can, we can either head back to my, uh, small apartment or head to the tavern.
3: Well, I do love a good tavern... But whatever you think is more fitting.
0: All right, he'll lead you off towards the tavern. Um, it's a small uh, small walk, in about five minutes, but a little bit awkward since he's not really saying much. And you can still hear the shouts in the distance of the, the two sides not really coming together. Um, you get into the tavern. All of the furniture is just kind of un- uh, just worn down. Obviously, there's not a lot of actual money coming through here from outside of the town. And with what you assume to be the poor wages that the town has been given, that hasn't been enough to keep things up to date, to invest in anything new. And so it really just kind of looks like a shabby place. But he leads you to a table in the corner away from any of the people who are there since they're not allowed to work but don't necessarily want to be part of the strike force that are just nursing cups. And um, he sits down... And nods to the chairs across from him. I sit? He he gives a weird look towards Pinch and Finn.
3: Oh, don't worry about them, darling. They're a good bunch of folks.
1: We're in the tavern right now, right? Yep.
2: What's good to drink?
1: Is there any stray alcohol sitting around on any tables?
2: Uh,
0: Nothing unsupervised, no.
1: Dang it. Finn! What lad? Finn. Finn, get me a drink. How about no? What do you mean how about no?
2: I think one drink you'd be falling over, lad.
1: I have excellent stamina, thank you very much. Just one? What am I supposed to do?
2: For context, what is the drinking age in uh <laughs> in the in the roughs?
0: Um, I'm not sure the Ruffs would really be concerned about something like that, to be honest.
1: Finch isn't, like, 12 years old. He's, like...
2: One half pint. A teenager. And that's it.
1: Says you. But all right. I'll buy one myself, actually. I probably could. (laughs) Could I? Could I buy my own drink?
0: You can always try and find out. Mm Hmm.
3: I like to think that as this discussion is going on behind me, I'm just kind of like sitting there tenting my fingers and looking straight at Maxwell and I go, so uh, good might have been a bit of an exaggeration on my part, but they're solid in a pinch. <laughs> you know,
0: if there's some of your people, I, I definitely think that, you know, I I don't need to worry about them, but... Maybe we'll let them do their thing, and I'll just explain what's going on.
3: Yeah. I'm the probably... pinch she's talking about. Oh, my God, not you, pinch. No, God doesn't exist here.
2: You're the pinch, and I'm the solid. No
3: survivor, not you. Hey, that is what we are.
1: <laughs> I'ma buy you a drink, Finn.
0: Okay, so we'll say you two head off to the bar, and Maxwell kind of leans forward and lowers his voice, And looks at Belladora straight in the eyes, uh, very, very serious, more serious than you've ever seen him before, even as, you know, his workshop was shut down. And he, uh, looks at you and he says, I called you here because I feel like I need a reason, a way for us to level the playing field. I, I don't know what they're planning, but you know, of all people, you know what these kinds of people are capable of. The kind of petty, manipulative, and downright sinister plots they can get into to get what they want and destroy who they don't like. And I want to turn the tables on them.
3: Oh, honey, all you had to say was that they're abusing their power. I was already in.
0: Well, I'm I'm so glad to hear that because it's just... It's... Poor, uh... Poor Bolsk's boy. I mean... He was he was like a son to him. His his father went back to Allende and left the kid here and nobody deserves to go out like that, crushed under a falling canister. They they knew that those chains on that that crane had to be replaced, but they never invest any money into the equipment here and then they expect us to just deal with it.
3: When it's not their lives on the line, why should they care?
0: Especially if it can make them a couple extra boxings.
3: Exactly.
2: Finn is going to plop down, uh, s- turn a seat around, uh, and plop down with a big, big glass of ale and okay, and listen to what's going on.
0: Okay, let's jump over to Pinch really quick. Um, we'll say that uh, Finn went in front of you and went ahead and ordered his drink. And then just turned and left, leaving you to kind of try and convince the bartender to give you a drink as well. You're, you're a little young for this, aren't you?
1: Do you really care? What's the strongest stuff you got?
0: Depends on how much you're paying.
1: How much is it?
0: How much you got?
1: Enough. Are you going to give me a drink or not?
0: Let's... Let's make this a resources roll because you're going more the try and bribe him route rather than convince him to just give it to you. So give me a roll of three.
1: Okie dokie. Ah! No, okay, I dropped that one. That went too far. Hold on. It's two ones and a
3: five.
0: Okay, yeah. Um he go ahead and subtract a resource and he gives you uh the same size drink that he gave Finnegan.
1: Thank you for your patronage.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that's how that works, but you're welcome.
1: <laughs> he does the little two-finger salute and turns around and then goes and finds us a, a seat in the corner just to watch things.
2: Your offering has pleased the future god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did he said? Over there. I, back at the table, uh Maxwells continued on to explain uh I've been doing some digging, and I think that part of the reason that none of the money is getting to any of the workers is one paying off some of the the mob debts that you know all all people who try and ship through this area have to pay i mean you saw that coloss there he he has to be one of them, but the other reason is I think heavy embezzlement on quince's part and so I want to hit him where it hurts.
3: In his pocketbook?
0: Or you in- got it.
3: Oh, I was going to also offer a little bit further down, but that works too.
0: Well, I mean, if if we have time.
3: I'll try to make time.
0: So I'm I'm a little bit worried just because, you know, you've already seen the suits there, and obviously you've seen the mob presence with that Koloss. I don't know how they get those things to behave the way they do, but... I mean, that's, that's why they're the mob, I guess. But there's, there's just so much going on that, and so much I don't even know about that I, I don't know if it's worth the risk and maybe if we should negotiate. But, you know, what, whatever it is that I can do to make life for my people now better is, is what I want. And I think that you're a little more equipped to decide what route we should take and how far we should take it.
2: I'll tell you one thing right now. Yelling back and forth at each other is good, not going to do anything but make them more upset. That is not a negotiating tactic. That's getting yourselves into trouble.
0: Well, that was one of the first things that Foreman Bolsk asked for was a private negotiating room, and uh, Fullman Quince just completely refused. He he said that he'd only be willing to negotiate if, if it was an outside party, and then we haven't been able to get anybody in because we nobody has any money to pay them.
3: So they're asking for, oh, oh, no, it, sorry, I completely misunderstood. I thought that, like, they were asking for money to do the, like, audience. But no, it's for more, nego- negotiators, right? To hire negotiators.
0: Yeah, like, like the yeah. workers aren't going to hire, can't hire negotiators, and then yeah. Fullman Quince doesn't care enough to get someone else. He's just throwing up walls.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, lucky for you, we're here now, and we're pretty good at breaking down walls. Well, we're pretty good at breaking anything to be honest.
1: We sure are loudly
0: there' There's just one thing that I want to ask you know it if you if you want to meet with Fullman Quince and try and get it settled that way, that's fine but if uh if things go the way that I think they're gonna go, then. I don't think that Foreman Bolsk should be anywhere near this. He, he's a good fella, and I don't exactly think he'd approve of what I'm doing here. So we need to make sure that he doesn't find out before before it hits the fan, if you know what I mean.
3: I'm assuming this uh, this Foreman, the one who's trying to broker a deal, he wants things done the right way?
0: Well, I think he and I would disagree on what the right way is, but he'd like to... He wants to make sure that it looks like his hands are clean. Well, I, I don't know if it's appearances as much that are important to him, but he he kind of frowns on on the sort of attitudes that tend to get things done in Skadril.
3: I see. And does he necessarily have to be at this meeting?
0: Um, I don't, I don't see how that would necessarily have to happen, but you, you'd you have to arrange it completely with Fulman Quince.
3: Well, I don't see how it would hurt to arrange a meeting with him and just use that as our in for something
2: else, potentially.
0: Like I said, I leave it entirely up to you.
2: So what you're saying is we act like we're part... Uh, we act like the uh strikers came up with the money to hire someone to negotiate and then we try to get some leverage by meeting with them
0: if if you think that's something that you might excel at then i'm I'm absolutely willing to do what we can but if we gotta go straight to plan boom you know plan b i'm uh I'm totally good with that
2: uh Plan boom's actually where we excel but I mean, apples and oranges, I suppose.
3: Well, how's about this? We can talk it over and decide what we want to do, and then we can come back to you with a plan.
0: All right, well, I'm, I'll am i go ahead and tell you where I'm staying. You know, it, it's kind of hard to navigate those places just because they're all just a bunch of tents and shanties, and we don't really have great lodging here, but um, I'll, I'll give you as best directions as I can. And he kind of scribbles on a paper for a couple of minutes and hands it to you.
3: Okay, uh, does he have any more information about the sorts of, like, resources that um, this- I, I forget his name. Quince?
0: Yeah, Fullman Quince.
3: Okay. Uh, does he have any information about the sorts of resources that he's got at his disposal apart from this uh, coloss guy? Like, firepower, how many people for security are we talking about- What's his manner look like?
0: Uh, he does have a very, very large manner that's very ornate and it looks completely out of place. You, you were able to see it coming down the street. And because everything else is so run down, it's just that much larger of a stark contrast between how this man is living and how he's forcing everyone else to live. Um, as far as resources, um, they, he can, he tells you that the coloss isn't necessarily part of his normal retinue but has just recently shown up as soon as the strike started um the two other men in suits are people that he normally has with him as a security detail and then he keeps a light shift around his uh his home is a little bit more he's got like a medium uh armed presence there and then he's just got one guard each that hangs out around the warehouses that uh Maxwell thinks are where he keeps his uh um, corrupt gains, all of the okay. things that he's embezzled.
3: So that would be where we'd want to target if we want to hit his pocketbook.
0: Yeah. It's those two warehouses because there's all sorts of goods that come in through here, whether by rail or on the canal boats. And so as far as what would be in those, Maxwell has no idea because he could just embezzle any number of things from these traders and smugglers that he turns a blind eye to. Um, for after they bribe him, but as far as the human resources go, the miners are definitely outnumbering him. He just has more weaponry.
2: What if we disrupted the means of transportation for those goods?
0: Uh The strikers are already doing that. Yeah, oh. They've got a, a yeah. blockade in the canal, and then they're stopping any rail cars from going through as well.
3: And Maxel, how many men do you think would be willing to sort of stir up a bit of a distraction for us? If it need be. I can do a distraction.
2: We know.
0: Well, uh, that just comes down to whether you're trying to talk them into it or trying to pay them. There's a couple people I'd know that'd be amenable to either of those, but... Um, they've already listened to what I have to say, so maybe, maybe you guys would be able to inspire them to act.
3: All more right, we'll riot them. What we can cook up.
0: Do you want me to set up those meetings, or wait until after you've met with Fullman Quince, or, um, I just need to know what direction we're gonna take this.
3: Uh, would we be able to, like, take a couple seconds to kind of talk it over and decide which way we want to go with this?
0: Sure, uh, he'll go up and go to the bar.
3: okay. So, I have two ideas.
2: I have one. Oh,
3: okay. I'll let you go first. That'll probably be a bit shorter.
2: Oh, my God. I I totally totally just want to play Three Days Grace, Let's Start a Riot in the Background, and Start a Riot.
3: See, that was part of my idea. I would love to, like, start a riot at, like, the house or something while us three go burn down his storehouses.
2: Oh, oh my god,
3: I love burning things down. Like if down. we can redirect, if we can redirect the attention elsewhere with the rioting and the strikers, then we can get some real work done in the background. Yes. I
1: agree. I fully agree. I want to burn things down right now.
2: And best part is, it wasn't Pinch that came up with the idea for once.
1: <laughs> See, I'm rubbing off on y'all You're getting
3: it <laughs>
2: All right.
1: So I like that it is no less chaotic more.
3: though
2: Let's start a riot
3: Should we gather some more information On the storehouses?
2: Oh uh, yeah, we should probably do some surveillance That's a great idea
3: Okay, well I think that's been decided I guess we'll figure out the rest later
2: <laughs> okay, so you call, uh, kind of wave
0: Maxwell back over. Yeah. All right, he'll come over and um, he'll he'll he's got a drink in his hand. I, I guess there is one more option that I didn't really think about until now. If if you wanted to, you could try and see if you can get some proof that uh that he's as corrupt as I think he is, whether through the storehouses or maybe he's got some ledgers he keeps in the house. But that uh. That doesn't really seem like your style, so I while well, I wanted to throw it out there, you know, whatever you guys have already decided or whatever you think would be best, absolutely, like, let's let's go with it. I, I called you in for a reason, and I trust your judgment.
2: Who says we can't find some documents while we're burning stuff down?
1: See, I like the way he's thinking. He's getting it.
2: I mean, I'd rather not go into a burning building Into again, the I fire. Know.
1: No, no, into <laughs> the fire.
0: The barmaid that was walking by uh, drops the glass that she was carrying and kind of gives a little yelp as she's looking over at you, the group of you with wide eyes. And I wink at her. She just like <laughs> she uh, she kind of goes red in the face and she she runs to the back to try and get. A I'm bar. just
2: going to kind of look to her and kind of like ruffle my well roasted duster.
0: <laughs> we know fires.
1: Hey Finn.
0: Yes, Pitch?
1: I think you got her flustered.
0: Now, it's probably the talk about arson.
3: (laughs) No, you got her flustered. I know these things. I mean, he does have her flustered, but not necessarily due to his
2: charm and good legs. I mean, that's that's another story.
1: These are semantics. I'm not here for them.
2: These are semantics, and I'm not here for them. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing line.
0: I don't think Pinch and I would get along, IRL. I am always down for semantics.
3: I don't think I would get along with him either.
0: All right, so what's the overall game plan?
3: Uh, See if we can get some of the picketers to stir up a distraction away from the storehouses. Maybe set some things on fire.
2: Possibly at Fullman's house. So we start a distraction at Fullman's house, get some people riled up and wanting to, like, loot his house, whatnot, what have you. Well, we search the warehouses for evidence of his wrongdoing and trash the goods.
0: Okay. So Maxwell will go ahead and set up some meetings for you guys. Um, we'll say that he was able to get three different groups of people to meet, but not all together. And so he gives each of you an opportunity to meet with and convince a small group of people. Uh, and so, uh, we'll go Belladora, Pinch, Finn. Uh Bella, how are you going to try and convince them? Would you do it with a bribe? Or are you just trying to, like, convince them that they would join you? Or are you trying to use some of your status of, like, you know, I've been in these situations before. Trust me, and I will use my power to take care of this situation when it uh blows over.
3: Yeah, probably more of the last one, um, and just really riling them up with their their want for justice against this guy and say like if you do this for me I will ruin him.
0: Okay, go ahead and give me a rioting roll first.
3: Okay. Uh that was two fours and a nudge.
0: Alright, go ahead and add two dice and give me an influence roll. So six altogether. Okay. Um give me give me two you can add two more for being a skillful manipulator and your beguiling smile. Nice. So, 8 dice total.
3: Okay. Ooh. Okay, I think that one's gone forever. Um, that was two fours and three nudges.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, you 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 really start to give this speech about how uh, your house was put through the same sort of thing and you're doing what you can to help people out where you weren't able to help yourself and that if they put your trust in you, you are not willing to fail a second time and you will give them the justice that they deserve. And as you keep talking and you keep plugging, uh, plinking and pulling on each individual emotion to really get them into a, a fiery state, um, they, they just get really amped up. And as you break off with them, they go off hooting and cheering, and you, you kind of see them break off into different parts of the crowd. And where each person goes, that part of the crowd kind of quiet down, quiets down for a couple of seconds. Um, let's go to Pinch next. What are you going to do to try and convince them?
1: So, I might be mistaken here, but... Is there a possibility that when I walk into this group of people, they are not going to quite expect a 16-year-old boy to be the one they're talking to?
0: Yeah, probably not. Also, I'm going to need a physique roll for that uh, large ale that you (laughs) drank.
1: Oh, no. That's a five and a nudge.
0: Okay, so uh, you're going to have a negative one die penalty to your uh, whatever route you decide to go. Maybe not whatever, but if you go a, a certain route.
1: Okay, well, since I suspect that, that they wouldn't expect me to be the one they're talking to, I would like to try and not act like I am the one they're talking to, but if I can try to get them to get into the conversation and deciding it for themselves that they're going to do this. Is that a possibility? Is that a thing I can do?
0: Um, I think that it's a small enough community that you wouldn't be able to just pretend you're one of them.
1: Dang it. Okay, then I will probably just ask, hey, do you guys want to go burn this guy's house down?
0: <laughs> just straight out like that?
1: Probably. But it's pinched, I mean... His
0: house down. I, do, you, do you think that it's come to that already?
1: Well, see, my experience with the rich folk like these folk... Uh, is that they don't tend to think of the commoners and the peasants as people. You know, they don't think of you guys as people. And I assume you probably are starting to feel like they don't think of you as people, seeing as some of y'all are just getting crushed and then forgotten about. That seems kind of
0: horrible. Go ahead and give me a charm roll, but it's going to be minus one. So five dice. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, three threes, a one and a four.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, they don't look entirely convinced, but their faces do look determined. And, um, as you kind of tell them, uh, a a couple of stories from your history as like the way, the reason that you think that this is the best course of action, um, given that you do have some experience in that area.
3: The area being arson.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I just think that sometimes the only way to communicate with people who think that you are an animal is to get a little bestial. If they ain't going to talk to you like you're a person and they're going to treat you like you're something animal, then scare them, I would think. That seems like a thing you could do. I don't know. I mean, I would do it. I kind of want to do it. I think I'm going to go do that, actually. Do you always? You want to come with me? Because I'm going to do it. <laughs>
0: All right, let's uh, let's go over to Finn.
2: I'm gonna take a look around the room, and I'm gonna say, "Look at yourselves." Go on, take a look around, people of Sherwood. You've been had, hoodwinked, bamboozled. Run, a monk. We didn't land on Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest landed on us. Oh, that's uh, the wrong this script.
0: Is, this is Morlane's crook. Sherwood Forest does not exist on this planet
2: oh no I know I was reading from the Robin Hood Men in (laughs) Tights script
0: I didn't even notice (laughs) other than the Sherwood Forest cheater
2: yeah (laughs) but no seriously I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna try talking to him about my own experiences with um with People that thought they could take whatever they wanted, and the injustices that occur because of that, and if you don't stand up for yourselves, it's never going to fix itself. It's never gonna. It's never going to be fixed.
0: Okay, uh, go ahead and give me a charm roll, but I am going to take a die away because you are very reserved and not like nondescript. So because you try and blend in so much and look. So unassuming, it, it's taking away from your ability to convince them.
2: So oh, two man. dice. Oh, oh my gosh! You're not gonna believe this. That's two fives. You,
0: you guys are the luckiest group of. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, they, uh, they, they kind of nod and they, um, they, they look very resolved. And so they are willing to do what they need to do to support you in what your goals are. Uh, What specifically would you want these people to do? Like, do you have a certain signal for them? Are you waiting until a certain time to activate this plan? Are you doing it just that day? Are you waiting another
2: day?
3: Uh, Maybe give it another day and then do it at nighttime.
2: I'd say, I'd say, yeah, at least wait a little while. That way, the, uh, that way the uh um uh, the stress and the tension can have a chance to build that way when these people start like tearing stuff up more people would be inclined to join them because oh hey these guys are doing that they're just as mad as we are let's do it
0: and is there a, is there a certain signal that you'd want to give them or
3: um i feel like probably not like we'll just let it happen organically and then in the chaos, we'll go start wrecking the storehouses.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, so that leaves you with the rest of the day to try and get your part of the plan going. Um, what Are there any specific things that you'd want to do to get prepared? Um, would you want to grab any of those people to go at the storehouses with you or are you just going to take care of this all by yourself? And then... Um, is there any? Is it just like a torch the place and go, or are you trying to get in there and look around first?
2: Um, I'd like to get in and look around first, but also I want to scope out the store storehouses and see if I can't find a way to uh, give myself and whoever's with me at the time uh, easier entry into it without being noticed. Okay, Bella.
3: Um, I want to maybe get some supplies, maybe some dynamite if we can find some.
0: Okay, and then how about you, Pinch?
3: The guy with the kolos is
1: the one that we're going to go burn stuff for, right?
0: Yeah, it's his, um, you're setting people up to try and riot around his estate, while you go and burn the warehouses where uh, Maxwell suspects he has been embezzling goods and money.
1: I kind of want to go sneak about in his estate and see what I can find over there. It's probably a bad idea. That's Carl talking, not Pinch talking, though.
2: <laughs> pinch, would, pinch would totally join the rioters, I think.
1: Pinch would absolutely join the rioters. So that's, yes, he would join the rioters and maybe sneak inside.
0: Okay, is Pinch trying to sneak inside then this night before the riot starts?
1: No, he'll do it during the riot.
0: So you're going to go with the rioters and leave the warehouse to the other two?
1: Yes. Is that bad? Is that splitting the party? Should I not do that?
0: I mean, I won't tell you no, but I'm I'm just the guy running things.
3: Y'all, what should I do? He's just the guy with your life in his hands.
1: Uh okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm I'm committing.
0: Is there anything that you wanted to do in order to get ready for that tomorrow?
1: Can I procure the things that would make a "quote unquote Molotov cocktail"?
0: Um sure, I'll go ahead and make that the same uh difficulty as getting a stick of dynamite. Um so let's do Finn first. Um we will make this a physique roll to see how well you can sneak around the warehouses.
2: Damn. Uh Would I get any bonuses for being familiar with warehouses because of being a dock worker?
0: Uh, I won't give it to you for being familiar with warehouses. I am going to give it to you for being completely nondescript and unassuming. Okay. But I'm also going to say that tapping uh, strength isn't going to help you here.
2: Yep. Uh, That is fives and a nudge.
0: Okay, Uh, so you are able to uh, walk up. um, You find a door that's locked, but... With a quick little jolt of strength, you break the lock and just push the door in. Um, and just because you, you're able to find some clothes that makes you like blend right in, you actually even walk by one of the guards for the night, and you just nod at him nonchalantly, and so he doesn't pay you any, any mind as you head up to that door. Uh, what is it that you're looking for while you're inside of this warehouse?
2: I'd like to see if there's any kind of offices, someplace where they might keep documents.
0: Uh, give me a spirit roll. Twos. Uh, there is a very small office, and it has a safe.
2: Is that safe something I could easily break without people noticing?
0: Um, you could try to, but you aren't completely confident that you'd be able to get the, the kind of Purchase you need on both sides of it to tear it apart. So it, it's something that you think that you could try with using um, your abilities, but you you aren't confident that it would succeed.
2: I think I'll save that for when people are distracted, but I at least know where it is. Um, is there anything in the else in the office of note?
0: Um, there's a couple of papers on the table, uh, mostly missives coming from Alendel. Um, talking about trying to get the trade routes open as quickly as possible, uh, giving concessions that, um, that Quince would a- be able to give the workers. Um, it mentions a coin purse that they sent along to try and meet some of those demands. Uh, but that's, uh, that's about it, is that letter on the table.
2: I'm going to take that.
0: Okay, uh, you take that. Give me one more physique roll to, with plus one to try and sneak out of there. Oh, that's fives. Okay, yeah. Uh, same thing is you just you walk right out. Uh, nobody pays you any mind. You look like you fit right in, like you'd be one of the workers um, who haven't been striking, just doing their tasks around the warehouse, and you get away clean. Um, Bella, why don't you go ahead and give me a resources roll, but I'm going to give you an extra die for um, Knowing Maxel? And then another extra die for uh, your performance earlier, and getting the workers riled up and ready to riot.
3: Oh, I need all the help I can get with a resources roll.
0: Oh, this whole crew is just strapped for cash.
3: You won't believe this again. I got three fives.
0: You know, that's actually something about this game that I think is a little nice. is you, Failure is possible, but it gives you so many opportunities to succeed. Um, mm-hmm. so you got three fives, you said?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and go ahead I, and take
3: I think there was a nudge in there.
0: Okay, go ahead and subtract one resource, but add two sticks of dynamite to your uh resor- or to your props.
3: Okay, nice. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then finally we will go to pinch. Uh what was you were trying to buy a mold of cocktails. Yes. Um, add plus one because you know the bartender now.
1: That is, that's two fours and a nudge.
0: Okay, um, you can go ahead and add uh, two Molotov cocktails to your inventory as well.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Uh, so you all get back together, uh, kind of share what it is that you, uh, like, I assume that uh, Finn would at least share what it was that he learned, um, and then kind of be like, oh, well, I have dynamite, well, I have Molotov cocktails, and then you all chuckle <laughs> because you're you're just ready to blow stuff up again.
2: And I'm sitting there like, well, I've got something that could start our riot.
0: Was there anything else that um, you wanted to roleplay out before you uh, went to retired for the evening?
2: What I'd like to do is I'd like potentially to find a way to copy that paper I got and distribute it amongst the people overnight.
0: Let's have Bella give me an influence roll and add plus one for your uh, skillful manipulator. Uh, two threes and a nudge. Yeah, she's able to find somebody uh, from the crew that she was talking to earlier who is uh, passable enough to make copies of the letter. Um, and so they stay up all night creating these.
2: Um, I think before before I do anything else, I'd like to... Uh, are there any workers that would be like able to quietly distribute everything without the higher-ups knowing and getting it to all the workers to kind of get them riled up and upset that they were told they could be negotiated with by Ellendale's government, and then this guy's blocking all of it.
0: Uh, probably not tonight. Um, One, because I already let you do one extra thing that anybody else has gotten to do, but also just because it's going gotcha. to take a, a long while to get... All of those uh, copies made. You got it. Bella or Pinch, did you want to do anything else before retiring for the evening?
1: I'm going to take a nap.
0: Uh, Okay, so a pre-sleep nap.
1: That's the best
3: kind.
2: Those are the best. Honestly, yeah. And Bella.
3: I feel like this is the most planning we've ever done in our entire history together.
2: Well, considering uh, considering the uh, bank job was literally just the bank job.
3: Yeah, all of the planning's gone swimmingly so far. I just can't help but feel it's all going to go biscuits up once we actually get this thing rolling.
2: Uh, maybe we'll get lucky.
1: Or maybe we'll all die.
2: <laughs> or that, but I'd like to think on the bright side, lad.
1: Well, we always survive when we don't plan. Statistically, I'm not
0: sure. (laughs) That's the first honest thing I think Pinch has said in this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We may all die horribly. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It's a thing. I think we should all accept it. It's for a good cause or whatever. I don't really remember what we're doing.
0: I really hope Pinch's pessimistic speech... Becomes a huge thing for the beginning of every mission. <laughs> we can't do this. We're all going to die. We can't fight the mob. <laughs>
1: no. Oh, no. I do that a lot, don't I?
0: It's great. I'm, I love it. I love it. Oopsie. All right, you guys settle in for the evening. Um, you wake up in the morning and you kind of head out and start milling in with all the strikers, getting ready uh, to spend another day being angry and yelling at this guy who is obviously just taking full advantage of the situation. Um, I'm sorry, as my things- life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, this is this isn't role playing. This is fantasy fulfillment. I-, I swear, I'm not dangerous. Don't report me, listeners.
1: Unions.
0: Um, so as things, um, really start to get to a pitch and the, the two leaders come forward to meet, uh, Foreman Bolsk and Fulman Quince, um, there, there kind of is a growing tension between them and the, the intensity as they're talking to each other and really just not seeing eye to eye again, um, kind of makes the the rest of the crowd start to just lean forward and quiet down and hush, trying to hear what they're having to say. And it's in this moment of, uh, poignant silence that a gunshot rings out and suddenly uh, Foreman uh, Bolsk falls over, bleeding from the chest. And that's where we're going to call the episode tonight.
1: Wait a minute, what?
0: Oh!
1: Hold on, that was not part of the plan! That was not part of our plan!
0: It sounds like it all went to
2: biscuits.
1: Sounds like it. I was right. We shouldn't play
3: it ever.
2: The moral high—the gr- moral high ground is gone, so we can do whatever we want now.
0: Basically, I mean, bright side. We're waiting for the tension
2: to go up, sure and it did. did, and it did.
1: See, this is what happens when we plan. We should just do what I say whenever I say it. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Things work out.
0: Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this. Uh, Remember to uh, give us a review on iTunes, like and share, uh, tell a friend who loves Brandon Sanderson, you know, whatever you can do to promote the show. Uh, We love doing this and putting this on, but we love it even more because we get to share it with all of you. And uh, come back in two weeks to find out how this adventure ends. And I don't think I ever actually read what the title of the uh, mission was. What did I? I don't think so. I can't
3: remember now.
2: If you did, I forget.
0: This mission is called Fire in the Blood, Ash in the Air. And we will finish it out in two weeks' time. Hope to see you all there.
1: Goodbye!
3: Bye!
0: Bye! Bye. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure game, the Alloy of Law Supplement, and the Masks of the Past Supplement are owned by Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at LLOS Podcast, or join our Discord community. We hope that you'll give us a 5-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. And make sure you tell a friend who loves Brandon Sanderson. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.
3: This
1: episode is brought to you (laughs) by unions. Form a union today.
0: This episode brought to you by the proletariat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I was not expecting that.
0: And the letter A for arson.
1: Arson! That's my middle name
0: and we should probably get going before we all get reported to some FBI. Lost Legends of
2: Scott Reel does not actually promote arson.